Hey. Ha! <laughs> uh, it's Jacqueline and it's Gabe. <laughs> you almost were not on today, this podcast, because I said, hey, Gabe, do you want to be on this podcast? And you said, I don't know. Yeah. You are full of words. Gabe will speak <laughs> in one word at a time throughout the entirety of this episode. He will have one word responses. Cheers. It'll be interesting to see how you summarize a whole bunch of what I have to say in one word. Hmm. Challenge accepted. That was too many words. <laughs> you have, we are two minutes in and you have failed miserably. That was a hyphenated word. That was a hyphenated... What was that? An explanation. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, uh, let's just dive right into current events really quickly. Um, so today, around a little bit after noon, I got a notification that Iran's attorney general said the country has disbanded its so-called morality police... And it's considering altering the requirement that women cover their heads in public um, with their jobs, a move that analysts said was aimed at peeling away support for anti-government protests. Now, I haven't heard anything from like specifically Iranian people about this in regards to this information. Um, I've been on TikTok. I've been actively looking for people who um, are from Iran, specifically women who are from Iran, to see what you know, is actually going on because we get a lot of news reports here that um, it's hard to tell sometimes if it's like propaganda or what. So um, I can't really I, that was from CNN. So, you know, that is like a news source, but I'm still waiting to see if I can find like actual voices of people, specifically women from Iran, to kind of see like what the attitude or the feeling is about that. But overall, that sounds good, right? It would. It would be good if it like if it, if that's the case, that would be a good thing. Disbanding the morality police, it doesn't necessarily, I think, dismantle some of the oppressive governmental systems that are in place. But I am not from Iran. And um, so I don't feel I don't want to speak for the Iranian people in regards to how they should feel about it. I'm just waiting to see how what the consensus is. And once I can <clears throat> do some research and hear about that, I'll. You know, I'm. it's not up to me to say if that sounds good or bad. Yeah. You know, but um, we've also got still, you know, that war happening in Ukraine uh, and Russia and Europe is still uh, no bueno. And uh, keep your eyes and ears on that, because as always, like it's an incredibly sad um, situation happening over there. Uh, Kanye West has been on a rampage and uh as someone who one, I've never really listened to a lot of uh, Kanye West music, uh, and I think like except for that one sunglasses song from like the early thousands, from like two thousand, going way back eight. Um, I don't have a lot to say on on that other than a lot of what he is saying. Um, he he is being incredibly anti-Semitic, racist, misogynistic. You know, all of those things are incredibly problematic. On, but the the part here that like. You know, of course, like that is anti-Semitic. Of course, that is problematic. But the other thing is that people are like excusing this behavior with saying that he's bipolar, which is true. But I know a lot of people that are bipolar and they are not going on anti-Semitic racist monologues appearing on the Alex Jones show. Alex Jones just got told to pay millions upon millions of dollars back to Sandy Hook victims for proclaiming that the Sandy Hook shooting was a staged thing. It wasn't real. He, he's like a completely um, far right news anchor. Uh, and I shouldn't even say news anchor. He's not he's not a news anything. He's just somebody spewing propaganda on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, 
uh, all there's a lot of that stuff going on. But I think like I think the majority of what I have to say about the yay, and I shouldn't even say Kanye. I believe he goes by yay now, but. I don't think that just like writing it off with like, hey, he's bipolar and he's in a manic episode is enough. Like this is a person who has a ton of money and a ton of influence and a lot of people listen to him and his words are going to be. I mean, I don't even think you can twist his words. His words are going to just like purely be used and blaming um, bipolar uh, is uh, blaming all of these views on him being bipolar. Like that's he would already have to have had these beliefs to be voicing them, which is just an incredibly sad and pathetic and disgusting take all of these takes his takes are disgusting it's not no good all right are you ready are you ready to say to hear about what card we're talking about today yes okay before we dive into the card hey this podcast and so i want to just clarify some things one um this week i shared some stuff from spotify wrapped uh we were in the top 10 percent most podcasts shared we were in the top 15% of podcasts shared globally, or no, it was the top 10% of people follow my podcast, one of the most followed podcasts, I think, in the category of spirituality and religion. Um, this was the top 15% shared podcast globally. Um, the podcast has had, I believe, over 200%, 286% growth this year. And Spotify isn't even 50, like Spotify is like, I think, 20% of our listener base on this podcast. The majority of listeners are on Apple Music and Apple doesn't really have some sort of wrapped. So like spot like having that be the case with Spotify, just just Spotify, like, wow, y'all. Thank you. Like, that's a really um, I had to clarify with Gabriel, um, my good friend Ian and my friend Kaylin. I had to be like, hey. Um, Statistics. So like to, is top <laughs> Is this good? <laughs> Somebody tell me if this means that this is good. So, and again, like, that's just Spotify. Um, it doesn't even, like, calculate the growth that this podcast overall has experienced this year alone. And thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you for the shares, the recommendations. Thank you for enjoying this podcast. Thank you for all of the messages you've sent me. Um, interacting with it at all. And thank you to Gabe for doing the majority of work on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) right there's there's heavy lifting in the background i stand in front of jackie and hold the mic yeah he holds my mic he brushes my hair he delivers me food Mm -hmm. he edits the podcast late into the (laughs) evening and then uploads the raw unedited versions of things that was one time no it was not it It was two times it was two times it's two times too many (laughs) So I thank you so much, but then I diminish you for those two episodes. Yeah, we have decided not to last minute throw together an episode on Sunday and we're doing better. Don't let me in with your failures. We are a team. <laughs> okay. Your failures You're speaking and my way failures. more than you set this episode up to be. I'm kidding. Um, the card we're talking about this week is the Ten of Cups. Ten of Cups. Talk to me about it. Do you want do you want to see the card? There is what looks like a rainbow He's so in the pretty. sky with 10 with 10 cups. So all the all the colors which represent the the suits maybe. And um and there's a, a what looks like a, a family. Um two children and two adults and they are admiring the the landscape and the rainbow standing in the sand with a house on the hill behind it. Okay. 
So right off the bat, something you said that is interesting is that you said that the colors in the rainbow you think represent the other suits. Just a thought. It could be. I just hadn't heard. I've never I've never heard that before. It's not technically, I think, supposed to be that, but I would like to know more about your thought process with it. Well, I think the colors are often intentionally placed within these cards. and That's true. Um, I think that the fact that there is a rainbow there is, is, is no accident. And I think that um, there's a red, blue, and yellow rainbow <clears throat> there. So none of the suits have a specific color. Some of them, like two of them kind of like delve in the blue. Um, Wands has a lot of red and yellow themes, but it also has a lot of like green and blue in it as well. Um, The swords is like a grayish blue. And then the pentacles has a lot of that yellow and gold in it. So, you know, I could see that. It definitely like has a lot to say about themes. So let's talk about the symbology or imagery of a rainbow in general. Can you talk to me about what you know of rainbows or what rainbows mean to you? And then I'll talk to you about kind of the religious aspect of a rainbow. Sure. Um, They come after a storm. Yes. Um, They are a reflection off of... Gabe's teaching science. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I know about rainbows. Okay, continue. Sorry, world. (laughs) Um, They're a a reflection of uh, air and water. Yeah, kind of like a prism in the sky. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the um, spiritual and religious symbolism that is with rainbows. So Noah, Noah in the ark, you know, you've got Noah. God says to Noah, I'm going to flood the earth. I'm going to kill literally everything and everyone. You got to find me two of each animal. You got to put it on this giant boat. Here are the dimensions. And somehow that those dimensions are going to fit every single animal in the world on this ark. And uh, you and your family are going to get on it. And then I'm going to flood the earth. I'm going to kill everyone but your family and all the animals you collect uh, for 40 days and 40 nights. And then you'll know that you can get out of this motherfucking boat when I put a rainbow in the sky. Or, well, no, actually what happened is I sent a dove out and the dove came back with like an olive branch. And then that's when they were like, hey, it's a peace offering from God. We can get out of this boat. This bird found trees. So the water must be gone. Uh, So then they got out of the boat and then there was a rainbow. And the rainbow is supposed to serve as God's promise that and here's where religion kind of like deviates. One side of Christianity says it's God's promise that he will never specifically flood the world again. And other people say it's God's promise that he'll never actively destroy the entire world again. Um, there's a lot there, you know, optimism. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Um, so when we are talking about the story of the cups, the 10 is kind of the culmination. 10s are a number in tarot that signify like a full circle ending, something has completed its journey. It is a full kind of like tied ending. Now, this card looks very optimistic. Every time we pull this card, does it mean that the ending is optimistic? No, because things aren't so black and white like that. But I think here that like we in the nine of cups, we have these dreams. And when we pull the curtain away in the nine of cups, what we have here is the 10 of cups. We move into this 10 of cups where we may not have gotten all of the things that we dreamed for. It may not have all worked out the way that it needed to, but we are, it is either leading us to this place in the 10 of cups where we finally reached that land of plenty. We were looking for when we left our positions in the eight of cups, we finally found this paradise, this place, or we found a place with water to hopefully like create paradise Um, Kind of this promise that, hey, like, even if you're standing in the debris of everything right now, like you made it through and there's this kind of promise here that better things are coming. 
or that you're never going to have to weather this storm in the same way again. And we know that because Pamela Coleman Smith really did draw from biblical reference to put things in her in her artwork altogether. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I um, I didn't have a I guess that thorough of an understanding of the of rainbows of of rainbows and of of the story of Noah. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that a rainbow came at the end. I I remember yeah. the olive branch. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I I think seeing it as a as a promise, a comfort in that you have weathered this storm specifically and that you have gained some understanding. Mm -hmm. To pull this card in a reading, it would be a lot like a promise that either like the storm is over and that you won't have to go through it the same way again, or it is an acknowledgement of, hey, you like you are you are where you are supposed to be. That thing that ended that you feel sad about, like let yourself feel sad about it, but also know that like you're standing on the other side of that situation now. Um, it's it's not it's not a card that means everything's going to be hunky dory. And it's not a card that means like, I promise it's everything is over and all your troubles are over. Um, but it is a card that says, hey, like. You have you have found well, like wealth in regards to emotion and water and dreams. And, you know, when you're looking at this card in regards to, you know, when you're if it's like a relationship reading or business reading or even like like something more esoteric, like the kind of overall vibe is more optimistic, but it doesn't mean that the person who you're pulling that card for or yourself is like having a really great time. Like for instance, uh, I pulled this card at the end of a miscarriage and I was like, uh, I no, like <laughs> I kind of like sat with that. And I was like the 10 of cups, like for one, there are two children on this card. Uh, I will have, I will be having one. And um, two, like everybody here seems really happy. I don't resonate with this at all. But at the same time, like it was kind of like, hey, like this thing, it's the end. You're at the end of it. You're at the end of it and it's okay. And it had meaning to you and it had promise and it was symbolic to you. It's time to, but now like you can move, now you can move on from Mm -hmm. that. And so with that, there is a lot of promise and there is a lot of meaning and there is that kind of that happiness of being able to put something behind you and find happiness again or knowing that like you're at the end of that hard thing. So you're not going to always pull this card when things are hunky dory. Mm -hmm. Like the ending doesn't have to be a happy ending. Yeah, it doesn't have to be happy, but it is kind of the saying of like things are going to get better. You don't have to do this again. You don't have to weather the storm again. And sometimes, though, it is sometimes it is a hey, like everything is everything is okay you're okay to dream you're okay to like feel settled where you're at you're okay to feel good about things sometimes we need to hear that as Mm -hmm. well just to know and understand and not feel like the rug yeah is being pulled out the all of the tens in each in each suit all four tens are kind of this culmination of all of the cards that came before you're in mastery with those with the aces now uh, you and then you are ready to enter the court cards. Every 10 is kind of this culmination of, hey, like now, you know, now you are very familiar with your depths, your highs, your lows, your dreams, your nightmares, your feelings. You have all of these cups. They're all hanging over you. And you know what it's like to have very little depth in water. And you know what it's like to be in an like you have you have swum in ponds and you have swum puddles, ponds, oceans. Um, regardless of what the water is doing, whether it's storming, whether it's tsunamiing, you have delved into that and you have made it out. You've made it through those storms. So you are capable 
um, whenever you get a 10, it's about survival and capability and strength and being able to hold an ocean inside of you. The 10 is that acknowledgement of that. And then it also is a significator that you have mastered that suit and are ready to now use the ace in different ways, which is the what happens in the court cards of each suit, the page, the knight, the queen, and the king. How do you feel about that and with your experience with the Ten of Cups? I think while you were talking, I was... I kind of went off into my own zoned out. understanding. You didn't listen to me? No, I, I didn't How zone fucking out. fucking dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I thought of it in terms of a a new moon and the significations that come along with with that, in that it is an ending and also a beginning. Um, neither good nor bad, but that you have reached the end of this cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next cycle, cycle will start again and... You have the opportunity to, um, you have the opportunity to try and master it again. Kind yeah, of I mean, you continuous. Ending. Yeah, it's you've mastered that moment. It's a continuous cycle of things. You're absolutely right. Like, mm-hmm. you don't just get to the ten and then never have to find your way to the ten sure. again. And maybe it'll never look exactly like it did before. Mm-hmm. But you have enough experience from this cycle to mm-hmm. continue on to the next. Yeah. And it is really promising, even if things are hard, even if, you know, even if you're feeling really lousy, you're in kind of a crappy situation, pulling the 10, like, it is kind of this, there are better things ahead. There are, there is hope. There is, there is peace. There is peace under this. Wait a little longer. Hold out hope. Give yourself some time. Uh, There's this lovely, lovely promise in the 10 of cups that I think, I think is really because I have that religious background, like I'm very familiar with like the concept of rainbows and you have rainbows shoved down your throat. But like what it has done is like it has given me something to like kind of hold on to and be like, OK, like though I am no longer religious, like rainbows do mean something to me still. Like I still get a little bit of awe when I see a rainbow in the sky or when like a sure, piece of glass yeah. like catches light properly and there's this rainbow kind of reflection. Like I also want to point out that like if you're considering like even like leprechaun type lore, like what you find at the end of a rainbow is wealth. And so it's kind of this also this idea of chasing that rainbow, going after your dreams, going after what feels good. You're going to get to that, whatever you find wealth is. And this card, wealth is this happy family, this thriving, fertile land, uh, you know, whatever that means to you, chasing that. Ch- you'll find happiness, what you desire, those dreams, that land of milk and honey. Like, it's just there at the end of the rainbow. So if you can have enough courage and enough dedication and enough, like, find that hope in you to get to the end of that rainbow, like you're going to find those things there. Don't give up. It's really kind of that don't give up. You have so much more depth. You can hold so much more than you think that you can. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it. And you've done it before and you'll do it again. And I think that's the really big kind of like beautiful promise of the Ten of Cups altogether and what it would mean for me when it would when it comes up in readings, even if that person is like, I've lost my job and my husband left me and I just got the flu and you pull the Ten of Cups and you're like, well, hey, great news. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's not going to get worse. It's not going to get worse. <laughs> or you're capable. You know, you're capable of like handling these tough emotions. Like you just have to keep moving towards that, mm-hmm. towards that rainbow. You know, you think about it in regards to miscarriage too. Like you have, you call a baby after after a miscarriage. You call it a rainbow baby. Why? Because mm. it's a little miracle. It's a miracle. Um, so I think that that's, you know, probably not super appropriate to have pulled at the end of a miscarriage. But, you know, like, 
miracle, you know, the concept of that is comforting too, to I think people as well. And Evie was a rainbow baby. So there's a lot of beauty in that. Yeah. But no, I do think, I think the 10 of cups shows up for us when things are at its darkest. I think at its stormiest in our lives, it's not always going to show up when things feel really positive. So just try not to get discouraged if it comes up and you're like, I hate everything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I want to feel sad and mad and all those things. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything to add on this card? No. Okay. I think uh, I didn't. Coming into it, I was like, I don't know anything about this damn card. And oh. it's probably because we haven't covered it on the podcast. I'm going through this uh, learning experience along with you guys. Gabe is learning as we're going. <laughs> So let's tackle the um, collective reading um, for the tarot. And then let's kind of dive into why I actually have you on this podcast. Yeah. The collective reading for this coming week. Oh, it's that it's that part of the podcast where I tell you um, what the collective reading is for this. Something clever and witty. Something clever and witty. I would be I will be funnier next week. Um, we're in the reverse world. Uh, we were recently in the world, and it might have been reversed. I can't specifically remember. It's been a few weeks. But whenever we pull the world, once again, we're kind of dealing with that full circle ending of something. But it's also calling for us to, I think, expand our view on things. You know, like we can, you know, this coming week, kind of the thing I'm getting is like, you may have decided that something is over or something is done, and you may be very resolute and fixed in that. But open your perspective a little bit. Open your eyes a little bit wider. Think a little bit. It's kind of like a really good example is like um, one of the things that they recommend, like if you're having an argument for somebody, is even if you think that person is blatantly fucking wrong, to see it from their point of view, to force yourself to see it from their point of view. Like even if you it, they are wrong and you're wrong, trying to see it from their point of view is going to create empathy and is going to soften your delivery of things. Or if they're right and you can kind of see from their point of view, it's going to give you a better perspective and it'll be eye opening in that way. So this coming week, as you're going through things and you feel very resolute and you feel very like, oh, my fucking God, I can't believe this ended. I can't believe this is how things are coming out. Like, I can't believe we're having this argument again. I thought we had resolved this. Give yourself a minute to open the perspective a little bit, open the scope and um, give yourself some time to kind of perceive things a little differently. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> OK, Gabe, let's talk about um, why I actually had you on this podcast today. Yeah. Um, Why I invited you to my home. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Sometimes I'm allowed to set up my own microphones and talk into them. So, yes, yeah, sometimes you're allowed to be in your own room. <laughs> um, so we've we've got a couple requests out there um, over the. Yeah, Bailey was one. It's been mentioned before. And I've been thinking about it a little bit and um, just what some astrological content would look like on a tarot podcast. Please um, clarify, like, first off. Gabe is like, astrology is kind of his thing. Like, he's very good at it. He's yeah. getting certified. Um, I've been diving deep into it for a while. And um, so just thinking about um, what that means, A, for me, but B, we have this podcast and mm -hmm. it's kind of the best way that I can contribute, even from a tarot perspective. So um, I came up with an idea. I'd love some feedback on it. Um, see how you guys like this. If there's anything else you would want to hear, I'm thinking just um, at the end of a podcast every every month at the beginning of a month. Um, I'd like to I'd like to come on and just very briefly talk about um, some of what's happening in the month and give some prompts for some tarot polls not really hone in as much and get into the nitty gritty of astrology because there, there's a lot to it. And, and there may be 
a million of you who are already, you know, who know plenty about astrology, and I am not the greatest astrologer in the world, um, but what I do like is what's called mundane astrology. And it's... <laughs> it's <laughs> He's telling you his segment's going to be boring. Boring <laughs> no. as fuck. Mundane means um, basically the astrological weather, what's going on, um, and... Uh, a common thing to do for astro podcasts is sending out uh, a monthly forecast. So um, I'd like to pair that with kind of astro light and um, throw some tarot poles in there for you guys based on the energy that I'm I'm seeing that's going to come through. And so I uh, really would love some feedback and see what you guys think. So I'll get started. Firstly, I have three ideas of some energies that could be could be present this month and some some prompts for some tarot polls for you the first one is in kind of the early part of the month hovering around the the full moon that's coming in um actually it's a bit before that so we're a couple days into it already but that's okay um what could be misleading or confusing for me right now the reason that that is coming through and the astrology behind it is that there's a lot of planets that are coming into contact with Neptune. And Neptune is very fantastical and um, alluring, um, but it also has some smoke and mirrors and and brings some illusion or delusion into your life. And so while it can be a fun place to go, um, especially as Venus crosses over, sometimes you can get confused or you can get lost. Um, so, so keep that in mind. And Think about what, if there is anything in your life that's that you're thinking about right now, um, how could that, how could Neptune be affecting that? Basically, is what this prompt is. The next one is around the full moon, and the full moon is in Gemini, and it's also paired with Mars. Uh, Mars is in retrograde right now, and we've been in retrograde for a while. It's kind of a long transit where Mars will end its retrograde cycle sometime in March. So we're kind of at the culmination, kind of the full moon of Mars in retrograde as well as an actual full moon in Gemini. Um, so the prompt is, should I double down or should I let it go? Well, we pulled the reverse world here for this coming week. Okay, that could be something. Yeah, so if there's anything in your life that is looming, any decisions you're trying to make, See if it's something that you need to go all in with or if it's something that you need to let go um, completely. Again, um, Neptune's still in there too, so it kind of plays into the delusion or the illusions that could be present. So the last thing here is around the solstice, which would be the 21st, um, and there's also a new moon. So right around the same, same days, um, are there anything, ideas, new goals, developments coming into focus, and how can we work with them? And so some of that is because Jupiter is transiting into Aries, as well as the, the sun forming a square with it. Um, the solstice is the, the winter solstice is the darkest day of the year. Um, so there could be some, some creativity, some hope, um, some, maybe some, some sparks of genius coming through. Um, that happens for me all of the time, every day. Sparks of genius? Yes. <laughs> I catch fire with them. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's a that's a Jupiter and Aries thing. Um, Jupiter moving into Aries is it, it was in Aries earlier this year, but it will it will now be stuck in Aries and continue in its cycle through there. It will not retrograde back into Pisces. So, um, la di da, Jupiter and Aries. 
Song break. <laughs> I'm trying not to get like super deep. <laughs> There's some people who could be like, yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. And others could be like, oh my God, this is boring. So. So you sang? Yeah. It's beautiful. So Jupiter and Aries, very hopeful. There could be new ideas. Um, it can also be fiery and some of those ideas or ideals um, can come on pretty strong, so be careful of that, especially as Mercury comes into retrograde at the end of the month. Um, maybe we'll maybe we'll go into that. It's it's a it happens all the time, and there's kind of a an energy surrounding Mercury in retrograde that is a little bit misleading. So do not fear Mercury in retrograde, Mars in retrograde, the word retrograde or reversals in tarot. They are all okay. They're all there to help in it in essence. That is what the hanged man teaches us. It's okay to hang upside down. For sure. Okay. All right. That's all I got. Please, if you like this podcast, rate, subscribe, and review. Uh, It means the world. It helps get the podcast up in the charts. It helps get it to other people's ears, and we appreciate it greatly. Um, Thank you guys again for an amazing year in regards to the growth that the podcast has seen. You can all thank, once again, you can thank Gabe for that. he literally, from the theme song to making me sound less stupid to getting it edited and taking out all of the times I cough, y'all don't y'all don't know how often I cough, and this man has to take it out. No comment. <laughs> so, like, quite literally, you can thank Gabe. It's about time that he had his own little segment on the podcast. <laughs> I'll be back next month. I'll be back next month. Okay, anything to add, Gabriel? Nope, that's it. Not going to say anything nice about me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's go. <laughs> God, now I feel like I have to. Oh, shit. Hello, Gabe here. I just got finished editing the episode, and um, I feel like my wife spent a good deal of energy thanking me for everything in this podcast, and um, I just wanted to say that she is a truly inspiring person. Um, And the way that she talks about the cards is the same way that she talks about life. And I think it's, it's beautiful. And while I do a lot of the techie stuff here, um, there would absolutely be no tarot and probably no astrology for me um, without her. So um, I hope that she inspires you as much as she has inspired me. And again, thank you for an awesome year. Um, Later. Thank you.